0: You're listening to the Beside the Badge podcast with your host, Paul Buckner, veteran chaplain and friend to law enforcement. Welcome back to yet another episode of Beside the Badge. This one is really close to my heart. This is something that I hope you will share uh, with your legislature uh, in your state, um, your state senators and state reps. This is something that I hope you will share uh with law enforcement in your state get it to your state highway patrol or uh state police uh texas rangers whatever you have in your state uh but i want i want people to think about this because one of the things that i've encountered not only personally but as a chaplain while riding with departments is that someone being pulled over for the first time really has no idea what to do and oftentimes there's great fear in particular i was with a young officer the other night And he felt really bad. He comes back and a a gal had, I believe she ran a stop sign and uh, he comes back to the car and he's like, she's shaking and she's crying. And, um, um, he was like, are you okay? And she's like, I've never been stopped before. And so she had no frame of reference for what to do. She had never been there before. And there's a saying popularized by the venerable Colonel Dave Grossman. And he says, uh, that the, the body cannot go where the mind has not been. And she had never been there before. Um, I have another friend that, uh, she was telling me that when she was learning to drive, she had just got her driver's license uh, in her state. They didn't have anything about this in the driver's test. She was driving uh, on a four-lane road and there was a wide, flat, concrete median with no divider. And so as uh, she's driving and she was speeding uh, prodigiously, uh, this police officer pulled her over. And so as he's lighting her up, she goes into the median because she's thinking, well, I'm in, I'm in the middle of the road. You know, I'm in the fast lane. I'll just pull over here instead of pulling all the way over to the right. And of course, he's knife handing her and yelling at her. And she's like, I didn't know. So where am I going with this? A lot of times, young people especially, don't have any idea how to be pulled over, um, what to do. And in in a way, this can actually help you avoid getting a ticket. I can tell you that for a fact. But um, there's a lot of misunderstandings about being pulled over, about what's happening. And most police officers are not there to violate your rights. They're, you've done something that got their attention. And for me, I don't speed. Uh, it's a very rare thing for me to speed. It pretty much has to be an emergency. And um, it, in the case that I get pulled over, it's almost always the fact that I have a tail light out or, you know, that I have a headlight out and I didn't know it. And so that's that is a very for me, like I said, it's, it's very seldom I get pulled over outside of that. I stop at stop signs. Heck, when I'm turning into my driveway on private property, I use my blinker. And um, there's a reason for that. I feel that integrity is an enormous part of what I do. So um, when somebody gets pulled over, it can be anything from you've run a stop sign, you've run a red light, you were following too close. There's a hundred things that can get you stopped or more. But when you get stopped, there's several things that you should that you should know and that you should think about. So um, I'm going to stop that and pause that. And then I'm going to I'm going to talk for a moment about something I did for my son. So um, years ago, my son's in his 20s now. um, He was he was 15 and he was learning to drive. And I really wanted him to experience several different things about driving before he actually encountered them when they were dangerous. So, for instance, one night we were driving and I took him out to a very rural stretch of highway. And I, I know that overcorrecting oftentimes causes fatality wrecks with teenagers. And I kind of like to keep my kid around. And so I, I had him slow down from 55 into 55 to about 25 or 30. And I had him there was no shoulder. So it's pavement grass and it sloped away from the road and I I had him literally drive off the edge of the road so that his wheel fell off, the right front tire of my car fell off. And as it did, I had explained to him what's going to happen. I said, it's going to jerk the car, it's going to feel weird, and your instinct is going to be to jerk it back up onto the road. And he's like, OK, and until that happened, he really didn't have a clue what was going to go down. And then he experienced it. And I saw that look of panic on his face and I told him how to ease it back up onto the highway. Um, young people, inattentive driving, distracted driving, whatever you want to call it, just being young, being impetuous, wanting to drive too fast. Anyway, a lot of young people do these dumb things or just something happens and, and somebody runs you almost off the road and you have to swerve sort of back up on the road. Um, I went to a wreck 25 years ago where a young lady had overcorrected and and she had come off the road so hard and so fast that she hit the front of her car on a tree and it spun the car around and smashed the trunk in too literally totaled the car and so, um, that's one thing that i've tried to do for my son but something that i wish was on every state's driver's test was how to be pulled over and uh, how to be pulled over in such a way that is uh, that is compliant with your state's laws but to help an officer understand that you are not a danger and the average officer if they're not serving violent warrants if they're not part of a drug task force if they're not a federal agent if they're not involved in an active shooting at the moment the average officer in their entire career the most the two most dangerous things they're ever going to do uh, is going to be to go to a, a domestic uh, where where uh, a couple are having a terrible fight. And because they go to arrest one of them and the other one is just as likely to attack them. Um, I've seen where officers were stabbed in the neck uh, by a woman who the the husband or boyfriend had beat the brakes off of her. Like, like the officer saved her life legitimately because the guy was beating her to death or, or whatever. And then she grabs a kitchen knife and stabs him in the neck domestics are, you're on someone else's turf. You're, you're in an environment you're not familiar with and people's blood is up. And um, I actually experienced a situation years ago where a loved one was potentially going to get arrested. And I felt that it was probably, I don't know, probably 15 years ago, uh, but it was before I started being a chaplain. And I, I actually saw and experienced the feeling of, oh crud, this person's about to be arrested and it would have been their fault. And I literally walked away because in that moment I didn't trust myself and I don't think I would have done anything stupid, but in that moment I didn't trust myself. So going to people's houses, very, very dangerous, going to domestics. The second thing, and it's, it's at least as dangerous. It's just as dangerous as pulling cars over because you really don't know what's in that car. And you're also standing on the side of the road where you can be hit by flying debris. You can be hit by a, a driver's vehicle, um every year police officers are killed doing traffic stops and uh so there's a couple of aspects of this I want to talk about and I actually did this for my son and uh, so I'm going to talk about that and then I'll talk about the specifics so I got a hold of uh, a particular department that I chap on I talked to their chief and I said hey I've got this idea and this is what I'd like to do and I'd like to have a mock traffic stop lights and all on a side road where my son could be stopped by one of your one of your officers he's like i think that's an amazing idea i too wish that was on the driver's test for our state would you would you be willing to do it on the street that our police department's on because it's a very you know slow traffic street and all that all that stuff and so uh my son had no idea this was coming and uh they're they're like yeah i think it's a great idea so a female officer uh i was she's like let me know when you're coming into town so i i Um, called her and I said, Hey, we're, we're coming into town now. She's like, whereabouts are you? And I told her and she said, okay, I will uh, make contact shortly. And then I told my son, he was driving, he had his learner's permit. And here was the fascinating thing. It still really intimidated him, even though, so I'm really glad I did it. It really intimidated him, even though he knew it was a mock stop, even though he knew he was not going to get a ticket. um, It was, it really still intimidated him. And I saw, again, I'm so glad I did it. But i said um this gal's gonna pull you over um just drive down this street and then she you know you'll turn in and so she caught up to us and um she lit him up and he turns down the street the police department's on and pulls over and i explained i said i want you to pull over as far as you can off the road and i went through all the things we'll talk about in a minute she walks up and she uh did the traffic stop and she gave him a mock ticket with a mock summons and everything and I had, I had explained to him several times what to do prior to this. We had kind of pantomimed through it. Like I'd walked him through some of those things. I actually did this very same thing for a couple of kids in my church parking lot one day when I was doing church security. And they were like, we're actually scared to death to get pulled over. We we're like, we're, we are so, 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 so careful because we don't want to get pulled over. Cause we don't know, we don't know what to do. And so I walked them through a mock traffic stop and explained why cops do certain things. I have spent a lot of time beside the badge. And so um, anyway, so she does the stop and then she comes back up and my son's holding this mock summons and he's looking at me like, wow, that was that just happened. And she's like, you know, I really am glad you did this. Number one, because it was good for your son. But she said, it was really good for me. She said, I know you're not going to shoot me. Um, and she said, almost at no time during a traffic stop do I ever feel safe. Well, not only she's a, a woman, which means the average guy is going to be stronger than her. And if somebody can get you down, um, and, and e- even if you are skilled, if they can bat your head off the pavement a couple of times, you're in trouble. It's amazing that violence works on anybody, regardless of whether you've ever been in a fight or not, or you've fought 50 times violence can be highly effective against you. And she said, it. she said, I came up and touched the back of the car, the, you know, put my fingerprints on the, on the, the, uh, taillight. And I, as I came up putting my fingerprints on the taillight and, and then I came over and, and I talked to you and she said, I was able to think in the moment, like, am I in a position where it would be hard to get shot? Am I looking enough at the back seat? And And it was really a good, practice for her. It was kind of like dry firing. She was good practice for her. So she thanked us for it. And, uh, it really helped my son out. Now (laughs) he actually got pulled over, pulled over a couple of times, uh, speeding, and, uh, he didn't get a ticket the first two times he got pulled over because of how well, um, he conducted himself. Now, a third time he got a ticket and they were in unique areas, but he, he had actually not gotten a ticket because of how he conducted himself so if you're looking for a cheat sheet about how not to get a ticket pay close attention and on that note let's take a quick sponsor break and then we'll come back and finish this off so i am blessed to have three three sponsors for the show and and for the podcast and so whether you're watching this on youtube or you are or you are listening to this on your favorite podcast platform um i would love for you to check out my three sponsors i'm blessed to have uh i'm blessed to have uh general response and John Lee O'Reilly with General Response, who teaches amazing de-escalation under stress. Very, very, very good stuff. Whether you're, you know, a stay-at-home mom and you want to make sure that you can handle things, you know, road rage, or you work, you know, you work in some uh, form of a church safety position, or you uh, you work security at the mall, whether you're in law enforcement, um, we need to, as a culture, understand how to de-escalate situations and and literally end them peacefully. And for law enforcement, there's never been a time that these skills have been more needed and there's never been a time they've been better developed. Uh, Secondly, so check out general response and their Google search away. Change your life. Number two, uh, got your six coffee. I cannot say enough about Eric Hadley and got your six coffee. I love their coffee. Mm, Coffee's at break. I love their coffee and I love the message. I love the people, the lives that they change. Um... I have seen and been there, trust me, for those events. If you've listened to me talk, you've heard me say, I love, I love the mission of this coffee company. So check out Got Your Six Coffee. They literally take their net profits, and after what it costs him to survive, he gives it away to law enforcement, EMT, paramedic, uh, firefighter, and veteran causes, and he makes sure the money goes to places that are taking, that, that literally people are taking care of. These are, these are causes that use the money wisely. I am very, very happy of the and proud of the time that I've been able to volunteer with his company. And then thirdly, uh, Matt comes with Shield Force International. Um, there's never been a time in history that surviving an ambush and, and uh, you know, ambush training has been more important than it is today. And one of my, one of my police officers, he's pretty new to the job. He's been on the job less than one year. Somebody tried to murder him and, uh, Um, jumped out of a vehicle and began to fire at him and he returned fire and and uh, he came home with his shield rather than on it but he um um, he he survived and the bad guy fled um that kind of training surviving the fight mindset uh being able to see a pre-ambush indicator understanding what these things look like before they happen and how to respond to them is highly important Uh, also having talked about my sponsors, uh, if you have not yet uh, found us on Facebook, please do so. If you're on Facebook, if you have not yet found us on YouTube, if you're listening to this rather than looking at my ugly mug, uh, please find us on YouTube. And uh, I'm looking for comments. If you are in a specific area, you're in Michigan, you're in Florida, you're in Missouri, you're in, um, in Minneapolis. I have listeners in those areas. I have one listener that I've been tracking in Hong Kong. Someone listens to my podcast in Hong Kong. How interesting. Uh, Let me know where you're from. Not only do I want to put them on the board behind me, I've got this nice little cork board back here, shaped like the continental United States. I don't know what I'm going to do if you listen in in Alaska or Hawaii, but I would love to get your your name and information up on there. Also, if you would like to get patches sent to me, uh, let me know. And uh, there's a couple ways you can get to me. me. You can private message me through uh, Facebook for one. And I would love. You can also comment on, on YouTube, and I will get with you, and we can get you um, a patch sent. And then, or get a patch sent. No, I'm sorry. Let me flip that around. I would love to have patches from your different departments on my wall. And I've been blessed to have quite a few. There's actually several departments on the wall that I directly chaplain or I chaplain folks from that department. But a lot of departments don't have chaplains or Maybe you just like my crazy ranting and raving and you would like to send a patch. I would be honored to have one of your patches on my wall. And then um, uh, definitely share. Please share the podcast um, as it slowly grows. What's nice is I kind of started this because it allows me, especially as I'm headed towards the Academy here in August, uh, that's going to eliminate or, or at least uh, limit the amount of time I can spend any police cruiser actively being a chaplain. And all of that being what it is, I I wanted this to be out there to maybe reach folks that I couldn't directly ride with. And so a lot of the folks that initially began to listen to the podcast are folks I directly chaplain. And uh, I've got departments, like I said, that I, I serve officially as their chaplain. And I have officers that are like, hey, you're my chaplain. And I'm honored for that. I'm honored uh, to be able to do so. but But please share... Uh, these these podcasts, if you would, especially uh, when it means something to you, shoot it as a private message. Like I said, you can find me on YouTube. The episodes are named the same. So if you're listening to a podcast, you can you could Google search that name and it'll come right up. Also, um, this particular podcast is near and dear to my heart because of the need to help folks to understand what goes on during a traffic stop and how to conduct themselves um in such a way that the officer feels comfortable and that you feel comfortable or at least more so right because none of us want a ticket so coming back um what did i tell my son during that stop i said if it's at night uh, make sure you turn the dome light on if you've got any friends with you tell them you know not to be idiots uh, unfortunately i don't get to pick my kids friends but uh he's he's smart you know he can pick his friends but at the end of the day, um, when you get pulled over, pull over far enough that the police officer has four or five feet, if at all possible, between them and the actual pavement. A couple reasons for this. One is your vehicle and their vehicle. Let me get an angle here. For those who are watching me, they're going to come up and turn their vehicle to put as much of the side of their vehicle, their engine block, their wheel between you and them, because they don't know if somebody stupid is going to jump out and try to kill them um hopefully that will also help protect them as they walk up to the vehicle if somebody hits their patrol car and that is something that happens with distracted drivers every stinking year it happens all the time and it is heartbreaking when it happens uh then you've got then you've got um as they walk up to the side of the vehicle if you've created that space Let's say it's at night. So we use a scenario of at night, but everything but the dome light is pretty applicable during the day. Um, buzz down a window. Um, I will oftentimes uh, roll down the passenger window because it can be hard to see into a poli- in, for, for a police officer to see down the vehicle. So I say passenger window. The, the driver's side window behind me, I'll put it down uh, as well. I have my hands up on the steering wheel. Um, I've taken a hat off. It, the, the dark, uh, you know, from your dome light, and the police lights behind you can actually—if you can even see just now—it's shadowing my face. If you're watching this, and so take a hat off. It helps them to be able to, you know, to see you. Take sunglasses off. I've seen people—people people who have something to hide—wear dark sunglasses during a traffic stop, and they're hoping they're hoping you don't know who they are. Um, carry ID on you. Uh, at the end of the day, that really helps. I've seen people that it took several times over the radio to determine who that person was because unfortunately they resembled somebody who had a warrant and they didn't have a warrant they just didn't have id on them that's retarded if you're if you're a guy slip in your pocket with your wallet move on with life but um so turn off your your uh, radio i actually go so far as to put my keys on the dash and there's a couple reasons i do that number one for me to try to flee if i was to do so i would have to reach up and grab the keys reach down and stick them in the ignition start the vehicle and put it in drive which gives that officer a lot of time to do whatever they got to do and uh whether it's to run back to their vehicle and radio that they're now in a pursuit or whatever and so i do that um, if you're on a motorcycle i would encourage you to take your helmet off uh put it on either put it on the ground or, or hang it off your handlebar take the keys out um and and some guys will even turn like turn side saddle it just depends on on the stop don't get out of the vehicle unless they ask you to it's an old time thing and I still see this with old timers every once in a while and goobers uh don't jump out of the vehicle um so it used to be 50 years ago that if you got stopped the expectation was you would step out of the vehicle and wait for the police officer to walk up to you well the respect for law enforcement and the number of people actively trying to murder somebody was quite a bit lower um a police officer stopping was oftentimes stopping to help you um you know because they saw that you had it was motorist assist that was one of the things that was one of the big reasons that many highway patrols and state police departments were started was because of stranded motorists that could be in danger they could literally be out there for hours and hours on these state highways by themselves and uh, don't get out of the car Um, I saw a guy who got shot and he deserved to get shot. And I hate to say that, but he got, he got stopped and he jumped out of his truck. The officer's like, get back in the vehicle. And, uh, and it depends on the situation. Some officers will, they will actually tell you to remain outside of the vehicle and they're going to try to figure out what's going on. But that's where a lot of foot pursuits start, or that's where a lot of violence starts where idiots jump out of their vehicle because they're not mentally well, or they're morons and they run at a cop. You ever been tased, bro? great way to get tased also a great way to get shot and so this gentleman jumped out of his vehicle and he was not listening to the verbal commands it's pretty straightforward and if he was sitting in his vehicle with his hands up on the steering wheel i keep my information up on my um on my sun visor it's clipped on and those little clips you can keep in the office for holding files very straightforward i've got my id I have my id and i've got my proof of insurance or my my insurance information yes and my um registration and so they come walking up and they see a guy who's pleasant i'm not being an idiot why'd you pull me over really why be like that and uh generally i find the people that are the bigger butts about getting pulled over probably probably deserve to get pulled over they probably did something incredibly moronic like blow a stop sign and uh, so, hands on the steering wheel, ID, proof of insurance, and registration. It's very straightforward. A lot of that's going to tell an officer, "Hey, I'm not an idiot, and I'm like, I'm not going to try to hurt you." And um, so, at that point, they take the information. They're looking at it. They can see into the vehicle. They can see me. They've realized that I've taken the keys out of the ignition. I, I'm not being aggressive towards them. And generally, they will say, do you have any idea why I pulled you over? Well, since I don't break the law, and this is really helpful. Since I don't generally break the law, especially not deliberately, I don't get tickets. It's amazing how that works. Am oh my word, it's so amazing how that works. Anyway, so I don't blow stop signs. I don't roll stop signs. I don't run stop lights. Um, I have a couple of times on, on accident where... Uh, I'm coming up on a stop line and for whatever reason, they change really rapidly and I just don't have a choice. Okay. Accidents happen. I I've run a stop sign on accident. I don't run stop signs on purpose. And um, generally they will say, do you know why I pulled you over? And I'll say, I'm assuming I have a brake light out or a headlight out or something. And they'll, they'll laugh and they say, why would you say that? Because I don't break the law. And, uh, these, these are officers who are not going to know me. I'm outside of my area or something. Generally, because I'm a chaplain inside of my area, a lot of guys will call me or shoot me a text and say, Buckner, you've got a brake light out, uh, right brake light. Oh, okay, cool. Thanks. Appreciate that. But if you, if you, uh, are polite generally. Now, some officers, they're officers with chips on their shoulders and it's really, really hard as a police officer. It, it takes a very special person to be able to pull over a jerk and a jerk and a jerk and a jerk. Think about your own job. So you are, you are, um, at work and some customer comes in and is a total jerk to you. A lot of people use that as an excuse to let it run their day. Well, they don't grow police officers in special laboratories. They are people. And so it takes training and diligence and a mindset to be able to go just up with a jerk, just up with a jerk, just up with a jerk. Oh, a nice person. And if you're decently friendly, the average cop is like, you know, they're, they're going to treat you pretty well on average. I've dealt with a couple of jerks that were just jerks to be jerks because they were on a power trip. They exist. They're out there. There's a reason there's a cliche, but the average cop, they're not they're not looking to ticket you to ticket you unless you did something really retarded. They're looking to they're looking for drugs. They're looking for warrants. And so if you if, that's one of the most amazing things about if you don't want to get stopped and arrested and you have a warrant. Obey the law. Keep your vehicle in good shape. Keep your tags up. But bad guys don't obey laws of any kind and that amazes me i don't know how many times i've talked to police officers they're like i would almost never get anybody on a stop that had warrants if they just obeyed the law i was with a police officer years ago and um there was a gentleman comes off a side street he comes flying up um, so he's exceeding the speed limit blows the stop sign doesn't signal had a headlight out and had a taillight out officer walks up the the guy's failing to maintain his lane So he's got probable cause to stop this guy at the yin-yang They gets him pulled over. Smoke rolls out of the vehicle. It smells like major weed. And at the time in my state, there was no legal reason for you to have marijuana at all. And so they ran a drug dog around it, searched the vehicle, bing, bang, boom. I don't think he had, he didn't have insurance. He didn't. I don't, something was up with his ability to prove he owned the vehicle, like, like legitimately he, I don't think he owned the vehicle and the vehicle was just trashed. And unfortunately, people who get into the drug scene, a lot of times there are emotional or psychological reasons that they run to those drugs to begin with, instead of trying to get formal help. It happens. There's some people that stumble into it, but a lot of people, they just have an attitude of, I'm a bad guy. Like they, they want to do bad things and this guy was breaking just about every law and uh when it comes to those things and he ended up going to jail not a big surprise uh but anyway going back to being stopped specifically um if you the ignition's off keys are on the dash hats off sunglasses are off radios off um, those situations actually allow for a they allow for a police officer to be able to go, okay, this person's probably not going to try to kill me. And people don't realize, I wish I could take the average person and put them through a traffic stop. As the police officer, knowing full well that there's a 50-50, that the the person in the vehicle might try to kill them. They say that the stress induced on the human body during a traffic stop, the human body of the police officer is equal to the average person's eight-hour workday. You may pull three or four people over an hour if you've been tasked with running traffic to slow traffic down, and so you pull somebody over who's an agitated jerk. It's gonna raise that stress level. Think of what dealing with jerks does to your stress level at work, right? That's why I really want this message shared because I really would like to see this happen in every in every state, to where every state. And I'm not saying I have the answer to everything in life, but I think this would be a really great answer. Imagine if one of the things that the highway patrol, the state police, did in your state, or or it, it was Required as a part of your um, driver's test to go through a mock traffic stop, and during that mock traffic stop, um, because again, it's it's a good practice. The body cannot go where the mind has not been. It helped my son to, to not get two different speeding tickets. Uh, the third time he was not being very smart. I can't fix what he's going to do in life, but at least I can help to try to prepare him for it. Right he got himself in trouble the third time but and he and he did get in trouble but um that ability to help that traffic stop along i literally had a police officer tell me he's like you know honestly i should give you a ticket and i was driving home i was four hours from home i was coming back from a wedding i didn't have cruise control in the car it was years ago and i wasn't thinking and i was speeding It it was legitimately I was speeding, not to be a jerk, not to be a butt, not to try to get away with something. I honestly wasn't thinking about it. And I saw him and I looked down and I went, Oh crap. And I hit my brakes. And he pulled me over and I pulled away over, gave him lots of room, you know, did all the things I talked about. Was very, you know, very and he goes, he goes, Do you have any idea why I pulled you over? And I said, Oh yeah. Yeah. He goes, Why is that? I said, I was definitely speeding. Now he could have given me a ticket and there's people like oh my gosh don't ever admit guilt. okay cool your britches do your thing but i'm gonna do mine and i said listen i apologize i said i'm coming home from a friend's wedding i'm very tired i probably honestly should get a hotel room um but i said um yeah i was speeding it was not intentional and uh, he said listen i appreciate your honesty it's refreshing because cops get lied to constantly. Imagine how you would feel if you knew that every single person you came in contact with was probably gonna lie to you today. It's an insult to your intelligence, especially since so many times the lies are so blatant. They're so stupid, the lies. But anyway, so then he, then he says, you know, I'm gonna give you a warning. I said, thank you. And he said, if you'd like to know about a hotel, there is there are a couple of, off this exit down here, there are a couple of hotels. And I called my wife and I said, listen, I am honestly, I'm, t- I'm too tired to be driving more so than I realized it's probably been 15 years ago. I said, tired more, more so than I realized. So I'm going to, I'm going to stop off at this hotel. I'm going to crash out. And I, and it was a Saturday going into a Sunday. And I said, I will see you at church. I love you. And she's like, all right, I love you. Be careful. Um, I wish that States made some type of a official, like, this is what we would like for you to do this is what the law requires. And I'm going to cap this off with not jumping out of the car again. I want to come back to this because I don't know how many times in the last 10, 12 years I've been doing this, that I've seen people jump out of cars. I'm like, really? And uh, one one guy jumped out of his car and started running towards the cop car. Now he'd been stopped Uh, the police is back there uh, working everything up he's preparing a ticket the guy jumps out of his car brings his hand up and he's got proof of insurance in his hand and i called the officer by name and i could see there's no weapon the officer looked up leans out and goes get back in your car the guy's like sorry i i I found my insurance and he goes okay that's great now get back in your car and the guy's like okay sorry and goes back and gets in his car impulsive stupid And because what did that look exactly like an attack? Like he was coming at the officer to attack him. Don't walk up during a traffic stop. I was at one recently. I'm there as a chaplain. I'm off, you know, I'm off to the side, kind of keeping a watchful eye on things. A lot of the departments I ride with, they want me to keep a watchful eye and I'm just kind of watching. And this, uh, this elderly gentleman walks up. I don't think he knew really what he was doing because he walks between comes up and walks around between, um, it was at a gas station, pulled into the edge of a gas station, walks up between the vehicle that was stopped and the main police vehicle. And if he was thinking at all, a second cop car had arrived and a third cop car had arrived, which is an indicator that to anybody that's thinking that something's not right. And he comes walking up, the backup police officer, and that was who I was, um, actually wasn't with him that day, but the backup police officer comes, and he, he says, Can I help you, sir? And the guy the guy has positioned himself literally walked up between the two patrol the patrol car and the vehicle stopped and he goes yeah i can't find this address i was looking for how to get there and he says well sir i tell you what he said this is a traffic stop and he said there's a chance these folks have warrants and are dangerous something to that effect he's like i need you to go back over to your vehicle and when we finish the stop one of us will come over and try to help you find that location and the guy stood there it took a while to get all the information back the guy stood there four or five minutes and just decided to leave But he interjected himself into a very dangerous situation. And it wasn't, not only was it not a routine traffic stop, but what if they had jumped out and started shooting or jumped out and realized they had a frail uh, gentleman advanced in years who would make an excellent hostage. He just put himself in a great position to get taken hostage. Don't interject yourself into somebody else's traffic stop. You know, if you feel the need to film it from the side, do so. you do you, but don't interject yourself into a stop. That is an excellent way to cause a misunderstanding. That That is an excellent way to even get hurt. And I've seen people do it where they're coming up and they're pointing and yeah, I can't even believe you pulled him over. He didn't do anything wrong. You don't know why I pulled him over. Please go back to your vehicle. I'm not going back to my vehicle. You don't, sir, if you don't go back to your vehicle, I will detain you until this traffic stop is over. And usually people are like, oh, crud. Don't interject yourself into something that doesn't involve you. If the cop's doing something bad, film it from the side. Uh, That's what courts are for. And I've seen officers lose their jobs for doing things that are wrong. It doesn't happen as much as the press and popular culture would like you to think. Uh, And then finally, don't jump out of the vehicle. If somebody in the vehicle is getting arrested, I three or four times now have seen people start jumping out of the vehicle because the driver or a passenger was getting arrested. If that person has a warrant for their arrest, the police officer has exactly zero input on whether they get arrested or not. Literally, they have no choice. They have to arrest them. In many states, they can lose their job. In some states, they literally can be prosecuted themselves. They can be arrested, jailed, tried, and sent to prison for not doing their job. Yeah they have no choice but to but to take that person to jail and i cannot tell you how many times i've heard but i but i but i took care of this okay then when you get there maybe there is a a, an issue in the system and, and your warrant is is no longer valid but guess what we can find out once you've been processed at the jail we can find out what's going on there and it does happen Um, The only exception to that with arresting someone is if the warrant is a non-extradition warrant. And those are generally non-violent situations where somebody had a failure to appear on a traffic ticket. And if they get caught in that county again, they're going to jail. Best thing they could do is go get that taken care of ASAP. But anyway, um, so don't jump out of the vehicle. I remember one night, not that long ago, it was less than a year ago, I was with a young cop and um he pulls over a dui and as he opens the guy's door and he's like sir i need you to step out of the vehicle you're under arrest his two companions decided that was a good time to jump out of the car okay it's illegal to drive drunk um he was a danger to himself the two occupants in the car and anyone else on the road there's a reason we have the dui laws we do i have seen the aftermath of drunk drivers and anyone who spent any time around those kinds of wrecks has no tolerance for drunk driving ever at all under no circumstances so these two goobers jumped out of the car and started back towards the cop he has no backup now i'm a unicorn i've been a unicorn for years i'm i've trained a lot over that time and i have the trust of the police officers i ride with um i am attending the academy later this year I don't get out of the car unless it's an emergency or I'm asked to. I jumped out of the car. It was a truck actually. And I ran and got between the officer and them alerting him to their presence. He had me hang on to the gentleman who just got arrested. And he informed those gentlemen that they were getting back into the car. Don't do dumb stuff like that. That is the kind of stuff that are the nightmare scenarios that get cops hurt. And they'll kill you if they have to, to go home to their family. Why wouldn't they? and if you if three people jump out of a car and think they're going to fight there's literally in my state if if two or more people attack you it's considered gang violence and you can defend yourself with lethal force there's a reason because as humans it's really hard to fight multiple assailants regardless of training and that police officer is not there to play patty cakes with you if you do something really really stupid it could get you killed so why not do our best to prevent misunderstandings if you're like wait he's getting he's getting arrested for what sit in the car and good chance you might be able to drive the car home I literally know officers that have been because of their state's laws if you're a passenger and that person's getting arrested they can let you drive that vehicle back with permission of the detainee and yours if you've got a valid driver's license and there's nothing else impairing that car keeping that car from leaving because of valid insurance you know proof of ownership whatever they'll let you drive the car back Because otherwise, it's a great way to end up on foot. And you start jumping out of a vehicle, it's a great way to go to jail, get tased, or worse. So anyway, landing this plane, I really want states to think about the crux of this message is how do we educate young people on how to get stopped in such a fashion that, hey, it might even keep you from getting a ticket. Some self-interest there. But also, how do we do so in in a way that helps the law enforcement officer to realize you're not a threat? Because I have seen, like I said, I have seen some of the dumbest things. I saw a young man one day that the police officer, and he was scared. And the police officer says, Okay, he says, uh, I need your driver's license and proof of insurance. And the young man's like, Well, here's my driver's license and grabs it. And the police officer takes a step back because the kid's moving so fast. He's scared, he's not thinking. And, you know, don't be reaching around inside of the vehicles. They come walking up whatever if you look like you're hiding stuff under the seat it's a good way for them to be like what are you doing and then the young man he says well my my insurance is in the glove box and the officer's like okay do me a favor i need you to slowly reach over there and open the glove box and i don't mean just barely moving like molasses but just slowly reach over the kid reaches over very fast and the officer is like standing there going you can tell this kid's not thinking he was panicked the the body cannot go where the mind has never been and i've literally seen people open a glove box and have a weapon in it they're not thinking about that but they reach over and grab the glove box and that is a good way to end up looking at a gun and um the business end of a gun because you're going to have it pointed at you and um especially officers that have been, if they're, especially if they're fresh out of the academy and they've seen all these videos of legitimate deaths of police officers, that's a very, very scary situation for a police officer to be in. And just like you, they want to go home at the end of the day. So uh, let's pray this episode out. Hopefully somewhere in my ramblings, it has blessed you. Maybe it will help. If you're law enforcement, maybe you can pass this on to to folks at your department, get this bubble up to your state legislature. If enough people start doing this, states will look at other states' laws oftentimes and adopt them pretty much carte blanche. Literally, they'll just, just literally copy and paste uh, some of these laws and get them passed through their legislature so that we can help the next generation of kids to understand how to get pulled over safely. So, uh, dear only father, I thank you for moments like these. Hopefully, this reaches the right ears and it blesses folks to understand that how to get pulled over safely, how to make sure that officers know that they're not a danger to that officer, and um, maybe even how to avoid a speeding ticket. Lord God, I lift up everyone who hears this to you. I ask that you would guide them closer to you. And for our law enforcement officers, I ask that you would keep them safe as they go about their business, uh, that you'd cause the bad guy to stumble before they harm this officer, these officers, that you would cause literally the bullets to bend around these officers. And I ask this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Beside the Badge podcast. Stay safe out there and be sure to subscribe and share this podcast.